0: Welcome back, Sports Radio 94 WIP. It's the Midday Show. Hugh Douglas, Joe Giglio with you on a Friday, 215-592-9494. So, you uh, one uh, one day from now, exactly, I, I believe, 24 hours from right now on WIP, for the first time since, I guess, Game 6 of the World Series. We'll have the Phillies on tomorrow. I'm excited. I'm excited just to hear – I love the sound – of baseball back on the radio. We got it's, baseball. It's back. The baseball is back tomorrow. Spring training in earnest uh, begins in terms of the games. And look, I mean, the first, whatever, a couple weeks, they're just throwing. They're just hitting. They're, yeah, they're just, just
1: get, trying to fit, get their bearings. Yeah. It's, it's a lot of moving parts. From what I read, there's going to be a lot of guys in different positions that they're going to be trying out and everything. So it's going to be a lot of different moving parts.
0: It is. And they have a lot of guys, you know, in, in camp here that are going to leave in a couple weeks, too, for the World Baseball Classic. There's a lot of moving parts when it comes to the games. But the one thing we're watching tomorrow and listening for is the rule changes. It's It's so much different now because they put in the shift. They have the bigger bases. And they also have the pitch clock. Baseball is going to look different. I mean, it, the game has become, it's slowed down too much, I would say, the last 20 years. Just aesthetically, it's slowed down. Mm-hmm. It's going to look different. But what's going to be fascinating for us and for the players earlier in the season, like they have, other than the young guys who maybe were in the minors, like the older guys, it's, they got to learn how to play like this.
1: Yeah. I mean, you know, when you're talking about the shift and everything. And I remember vividly how players were, were really upset. About the shift they were upset about them changing the rules mm-hmm. and everything I just want to wonder how it's going to be with the pizza boxes out there now with the bases yeah the pizza I call them pizza boxes I haven't seen any of the new bases yet but I'm going to be very very fascinated at how it it it, it looks aesthetically and how players are going to respond to that. Because I'm pretty sure there's going to be some conversation about, well, how do you feel about the new boxes, about the new pizza boxes out there and everything?
0: One thing I was wondering, like everyone keeps talking about, oh, they'll be able to steal more bases, right? There's more surface area to get your hand in, right? So maybe some bet more stolen bases. I wonder if some guys are going to trip. Like, they've been playing baseball. I think when I played when I was a kid, I think when you're around like 13 years old and Mm -hmm. you go to the 90-foot bases, right? You go to the 90-foot around the infield and whatever. But like since they were like, let's just say 12 or 13, they haven't had to think about it, right? It's like it's like in their head. They know how many steps they turn the corner of the base. I wonder if they're going to start tripping. Like it, it's just all of different. those
1: things are 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 things that you you probably have to think about. Yeah, because it's things that you never thought about before. So yeah, I, I, that could be a legit. A legit concern.
0: And then there's the pitch clock, which is going to affect both hitters at pitch, right? Because the pit, the batter's got to get in the box. Like you have, you have some Bryce Harper loves to like play with his batting gloves, fix his helmet, you know all the stuff like he does. like
1: to re, re-snap the gloves. Yeah. Like they like to unlo- loosen them up and then tighten them back up.
0: Again. Well Bryce has got to look good. And he usually nah. he's yeah, he 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 usually does and is and a great player. But you know, then they take their time. Now you got to get in there. So, so Nick Earnshaw, you used to work in minor league baseball. So you, you, I did. So you have experience. So you, so tell us what you did there.
2: So I did play by play, but I also worked uh, as well uh, with the pitch clock. I ran it. I worked with the umpires, ran the clock that was you could see throughout the stadium. And I, it's interesting to me how how it's going to be implemented into the major leagues. It did knock some time off of the game, like twenty to thirty minutes between triple A, double A, single, or high A, low A. Um, I, I think the, it's going it's to be finding the consistency with the umpires. How are they going to utilize it? Because you have to remember, the clock's running the entire game pretty much. And, you know, they'll wave it off, the umpires, they'll wave it off at times. But, um, you know, you have to remember that they're going to be switching baseballs out with the ball boys and right. stuff. That You have to restart the clock there. You have to find kind of your ground with it. What would you say just when you first started doing was it the pitchers
0: or the hitters that seemed a little more uncomfortable <laughs> yeah, at first? Pitchers.
2: Pitchers can't stand it. Pitchers hate it because they're being rushed kind of on the mound. So it was like 14 seconds uh, with nobody on base and then uh, 18 seconds, I believe, uh, with people on, with runners on. So, uh, yeah, the pitchers, they did not like being rushed because they like to, you know, kind of step off the mound, do their little dance. Especially and then when they shook, yeah.
1: especially when they're yeah. throwing garbage and it's getting, it's getting knocked around a little bit. What are they going to do when they don't have that time that they usually have shaking off pitches and everything? You got to make a you got to make a decision quick.
0: You're right about that. And then some pitchers like they like to walk around the mound, you know, <laughs> yeah. blow the air out exactly. of their, their, you know, to kind of move around and just kind of just get their thoughts to them. It, it's going to affect things early in the season. We're going to find out which guys can handle it, which guys can't. My guess would be by the end of the season. Everyone's kind of figured it out. Like you know, they'll, they'll adjust. But early in the season, it's a thing. I, I, that's the thing I'm watching and listening for tomorrow with the Phillies on WIP. Just what we, what we get out of that two one five five nine two nine four nine four. Back to the phone lines here on the Sixers. Are you believing in this team as a true title contender? And would you like to see the Eagles go after Rex Ryan as the defensive coordinator? Patrick
3: is up on WIP. Hey, Patrick. Patrick. Hey guys, how's it going? Good, Patrick. What are we thinking today, buddy? Great show, uh, Sixers. I like the trajectory, but uh, you know we got a a really tough schedule coming on through March fourth, right? We got Boston, Miami, home and home, at Dallas, at Milwaukee. Let's see how we do there.
0: Yeah, they were saying, Patrick, you look at the schedule: the twelve of their next seventeen on the road, and it, and it's by you know by winning percentage, it's it's the toughest schedule left in the NBA. So whatever seed they're going to get, they're going to earn it if they uh, if they get there and play well. If they get a two or a three.
3: Absolutely, absolutely. So, on Rex, so on Nick Sirianni, I'm 40 years old, right, third year. Joe, he asked me yesterday whether you're convinced about him. Hmm. Like Nick would have to be super secure to really bring in Rex Ryan. I mean, it's one thing for Sean Payton to interview him, but... It's really tough to to bring in a guy like Rex Ryan. You know, the Eagles lose two games next year in a row, and people call him WIP saying bring in Rex Ryan as the head coach.
0: Well, Patrick, you're right about the security part. And I would hope Nick Sirianni's secure. I
1: mean, he he just had two really nice years here. Yeah, it's it's hard to say, though, man, because you you don't know deep down what what drives Coach Sirianni. You don't know if he's ego driven like that, and 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 the adulation that he's getting from the city. Now, if you got somebody that's taken away from some of that, that might be something that that makes you feel some kind of way, you know? Because people are going to want to talk to Rex. They're going to want to know what Rex has to say and in certain things, and you know, it it, it might take some of the shine away from the head coach.
3: Yeah, Rex is not going to shy away from talking to people and things. He's a great ex and O guy, but I really just don't think you get. Two alpha dogs going at it like that—really tough. Yeah, and
0: it's it's interesting. And, and Patrick, we appreciate the phone call as always. Um, you know, coaching staffs. are – we do this a lot with players. You and, and when you were mentioning the uh, the scenario without names being named earlier, you know, sometimes players can not see eye to eye or egos get in the way. We don't usually talk about it with coaches because I feel like coaching staffs kind of like they're all on the same page. But the, the 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 Rex Ryan thing,
1: it would it would bring a totally different aspect to the staff because this staff's mostly young. Yeah, and you would bring somebody. That has head coaching experience. Somebody that honestly you could bounce some of ideas off of. See, but but my thing is this: you have to be comfortable being challenged or being or thinking a different way about certain things. I I, I think most great leaders are are better when they have people that they around them that they can do that with. Mm-hmm. Not saying that Nick Sirianni can't have somebody around him like that, but you don't know.
0: It's funny you say that because I I was watching a documentary recently about great leaders, right, people that have had great success in different areas, and and they all, almost exactly what you said, Like they actually want to hire people who will tell them they're wrong. Man, listen, you have to have –
1: like, I feel that I'm the best me when I have people around me that can shoot me straight. Like, I I mean, you might not like the message, the way it's being delivered, but I respect the fact that you're giving it to me raw and uncut because sometimes – you have to hear the tough things that you don't want to hear. Mm-hmm. You have to, and and if you're one of those people that gets sensitive when you're being told, "Hey, you're wrong," or "or you, this is not the way to do it," or "there's a better way," then I, I don't, I don't, I don't, you know, I don't have that too much respect for. It if you can't do that,
0: well, the other thing about if, if Rex did come here, if this became a thing, like think about that resource. If Sirianni was comfortable, he could go to Rex Ryan and be like, "What do you see on this offense?" And Rex would tell him like, "Hey." That Do you think that's hard to defend? I can actually dissect that in five seconds. Man,
1: the architect of – like, the, the the thing that I remember most about Rex Ryan was the trash talk that he had the week before they played the Patriots where he actually guaranteed – I think, if I'm not mistaken, he guaranteed that they were going to beat him. Yeah, I think so. He guaranteed that. And everybody, oh, man, you crazy with the Jets? And Mark Sanchez? missed the Ass Fumble himself? <laughs> and he went out there and he did it. See, that that's the type of attitude that you have to have. Somebody that looks at something and and talked about it and spoke it into existence that whole week. So yeah, I like that. I like that that you would have somebody like that. And he can look at your offense potentially and tell you, hey man, this might this what you might be susceptible to, or some things like that. That's that self-scouting. I think he would be a good self scout.
0: Yeah, I think he would too. And two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four for as much red flags as there are, and there's the personality stuff, and there's you know the, 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 all this stuff that goes into Rex Ryan. I, I go back to this with Mark Sanchez as his quarterback. In back to back weeks, he beat Peyton Manning and Tom Brady because they beat Peyton Manning the week yeah. before. Yeah, I mean that that told me all I needed to know about his mind as a defensive mind. And you know, I'm look. I'm going back to find a box score of that game. Like he did a good job on 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 Tom Brady. Like that, those teams didn't move the ball in him. I think it's really interesting. Jeff, is it Delaware? What's up, Jeff?
4: Hey. Um, so I finally um, ending my self imposed moratorium on sports on TV or or talk radio. I will briefly say this about the Eagles. If one less thing breaks Kansas City's way, we have a second title. And one of those things would include the field. It would include the defense just not getting a single stop in the second half. It would include the, um, the untimely uh, penalty, the fumble, the punt coverage. You get one less bad thing, break uh, Kansas City's way. We win.
0: How about before you go, Jeff, before you go on, I'll throw the Devontae Smith catch. If it wasn't overturned,
4: I'll throw Sirianni Uh, actually punting. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. we go all day. Exactly. And you know what? The Eagles will be back in the conversation. But let's be honest, they're going to lose some people. They may be retiring. There may be pre-agent departures. They got some draft picks. But to get to a Super Bowl again, you need a lot more than a good team. You need some luck. Um, And they have a harder schedule. Well,
0: they do, Jeff. Yeah, it's going to be – well, here's the thing. and Jeff, we we preached the phone call. Put Jeff on hold. He got a little breaking up there. The, the schedule next year, you, we haven't done into the schedule yet, but just the yeah, we know some of the – we know the opponents are going to play. It is harder next year. I mean, they they have both the Chiefs and the Bills on the schedule next year. Like, we won't be able to say after the season, well, they didn't play any quarterbacks. They'll play quarterbacks next year.
1: Yeah, and and I think that that's why it's important for your, your quarterback to evolve. And you need to have I, – I think that there needs to be – a defensive coordinator that is somewhat familiar, in my personal opinion, with teams that you're potentially going up against. Yeah. You know, I don't have a problem. Like, don't get me wrong now. I don't have a problem with the young up-and-comers. I do not. But, boy, when you talk about a team that has just come from the heist that this team has come from, I would feel a little bit more comfortable. Well, I would, too. And and that was, you know... A little bit more, you know, in, in tune to all that. Well, think about two years ago; they brought Gannon in, but the,
0: when Sirianni and Gannon got here, they were four, eleven, and one, right? There yeah, were no expectations. Was no expectations. <laughs> like oh, they're young; they don't know what they're doing. Okay, well, whatever. Like they, they and they, they obviously did a good job, and they figured it out together for the first two years they were together. But this is different. Like you're taking over a defense. For as much as people did not like Gannon, Gannon had a top ten defense this year with seventy sacks. Like, are you going to do better than that? You know, whoever, thirty two year old, whoever. It's hard.
1: Yeah. I mean, and, and, and that's a high bar to clear, but I, I think that, you know, if you get a defense that comes in and is flying around and is very, very competitive and puts you in the same position that you were in last year, people will take that. Those numbers, like you talk about a, a, a stat, when you talk about the sacks that they had, that's still for a long-ass time. It's still standing, <laughs> as a matter of fact. So, so to be that close, that, that's pretty phenomenal. But, you know, when you look at it, if I'm, if I'm in the Super Bowl and I win it, that, it don't matter. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's how you look at well, it. Well, of course. Because that's what you want. That's what you want. At the end of the day, you want a comparable defense that's going to put you in the position that you were in last year.
0: What do you make of the fact that they're, offense, we're not hearing about any outside interviews, right? We just think it's probably Brian Johnson. Yeah. Defense, every time we talk, there's a new name out there. It, it makes me wonder if, it, like, it makes me think they don't think Denard Wilson's ready. Because it seems like on, on offense, they think in-house, it's going to be someone in-house. hmm but with defense, they got Denard, and now they are all these other names outside the building.
1: I think I think what's happening is you're self-scouting. Most teams do it. You know, you go back and you look at – you try to switch up your tendencies. You try not to be predictable. I think they're probably looking at it and saying we probably need to infuse something a little bit different. Because to everybody's point, as good as this defense was in key moments, you know, the blitzing was not – felt like it wasn't their forte. Mm-hmm. So maybe you're looking at something a little different. Maybe you're looking at thinking outside the box just a little bit. How can you get more bang for your buck with the, with the guys you have? And, and just a different philosophy. Maybe, maybe a more aggressive philosophy on defense.
0: Well, especially if they have some young kids playing next year. Right? Yeah, Kobe, definitely. Jordan, the draft picks this year. Ben is at Center City. Hey, Ben. Ben. Hey, what's up, fellas? What's going on? Hey, Happy Ben. Friday. You too, buddy. What are uh, you couple,
5: thinking? Much obliged. A couple quick hits. Um, other people have said it. The Sixers got to hold serve at home. And then, you know, going out for these games on the road, you know, they, they got to be somewhere at 500 for that at minimum. I definitely got to hold it at home. One great win last night, team win. Uh, I'm a little curious to know how much uh, Joe's free throw shooting is uh, a result of either being gassed or, or injury stuff. It's very unlike him. Um, ben, you're right, before on- you
0: go on, you're right about that. Yeah. It, it was, it's bizarre. I mean, he's... I i I always said this for a big man. He's one of the great free throw shooters ever as a big man. I mean Yao Ming was great at it, but it, you know usually big men are in like the seventy percent range. Joel's in the up you know mid eighties. Last night it was weird watching him miss those.
5: It's our bread and butter. Yeah, I mean it's how we get the points back when the clock's not moving. Yeah. Um, so hopefully that picks up. Onto the birds real quick. It's a name that I'm just in my crew of folks we tailgate with. We're always talking Hugh. It's definitely got to be somebody that you're, you know, chatting or at least in some, you know, concert uh, of conversation. How is it that Seth Joyner's name just never comes up? This is one of the premier defensive history of players of of our city. And I just love his analysis. Why does Seth's name never get mentioned? And on the Rex thing, I mean, are we talking about Rex Ryan? in a vacuum or are we talking about the ghost of Buddy and everyone's romancing, romancing uh, you know Buddy it's like, yes can we do that now without talking <laughs> yes. about his dad yes and, and and it seems like that they're kind of in a way like the Doris Thuring's Goodwin book of a team of rivals about administration during the civil war it seems like they're kind of giving nick the sense of we might do something even though it's not an injury thing right we brought in Jalen because you know carson was just you know unpredictably unavailable and, and and other things come playoff but it seems like they're doing sort of a team of rivals thing on the coaching side because they had success with it in a quarterback situation, it seems like a little bit of conflation there. I
0: want your thoughts on all that, please. Thanks. Yeah, the idea of an, like a, a former head coach, a coordinator. I mean, I don't think they would bring anyone to put pressure on Nick, but Nick's the head coach of the team. No, I don't think so. But it'd be about him handling the, the personality thing. Um, it, it is interesting, though, what he was what he was bringing up there with with, with the coaching situation and, and where they're at. Yeah, I,
1: I set Joyner. Look, his name comes up here. I'd say once in a while. Love Seth. By the way, Seth, listen, love you, love you, bro, love you, but man, I, I know. And Seth, Seth put his name in. I the know,
0: hat. I, I saw that. I don't know. Could could someone without now in baseball this happens right? In basketball, started to happen. You go like in baseball, the last couple of years, you almost go right from the field to the manager. It's mm-hmm. happened a little bit more. Basketball. Jason Kidd went from
1: like the court to coaching. Football. That doesn't happen. You got to pay your dues, man. Not saying that. I I think if I'm not mistaken. Seth has coached on some level before professionally. I think so, if I'm not mistaken. But I think I – think, this is where I think the problem would lie. Is Seth's too invested in this city to be objective in a sense? I, I, think, I think there would be a disconnect between him and the players. I, that, I think that would probably be the case. I think Seth would be a hell of a coach. But you have to remember – these players aren't the same as they were when Seth was coaching. No, they're not. Like you can't, like, you can't you can't talk to guys a certain way. Not saying that Seth will, but you never know. Seth gets mad and he says something, somebody might take that the wrong way and they might go on a shell. Or Seth might have to snatch somebody mm-hmm. up. <laughs> Neither are good. No, no. And I'm I mean, I my money on Seth. Like all day, yeah. I mean, my, my, money, my money's on so the
0: all day. Mine too. Like, I, I, there's no doubt in my mind if he applied himself and he got into coaching. He, no, he
1: could definitely do it.
0: But like, if football. Now, before I, I go on, I. That's I a should, long ass
1: day, too, man. Well, yeah, it is. That's a long ass day. Listen, if I'm giving advice, just do media. Like it's, it's it no, seems like no, much it's easier. Funny. Like like, and I and I know people say like I could have been a coach. I think he and him he's mentioned on the years that met, John Harbaugh, coach. John yeah, Harbaugh was asking interested. Asking coach, yeah. I didn't want to do that cuz that's a long day. That is a long day. And and you have to have the right temperament. You it's like raising children. Like everybody don't like everybody that kids don't need kids. You know what I'm talking about? Everybody that got kids don't need them. Cuz you don't, you know, kids, man, listen. They they they're you know how it is, Joe? You know you go to the bathroom with them and they 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 want to do what they want to do. You are trying to show them the right way. You got to be patient. And you can't get mad. You need patience. Yeah, you know what I mean? Because, you know, that potty training thing is real. It, and it, know? it takes a lot it of patience. It takes a lot of patience. And you can't be one of, What are you doing? You can't, you know. Though when it hits, it's, yeah, it's, it's, one, it's, of the, it's, it's one of the greatest things ever. Man, listen, the, the <laughs> thing that I'm, I'm reflecting on, I'm doing the potty dance as much as I can. now. Like I, I didn't think at 51 years old that I'd be doing the potty <laughs> dance again. But, hell, man, I'm doing the potty you dance. You know what? Life throws, throws curveballs. Yeah, it does, man. It, great, it, it, great time, though. But the potty dance was not what I thought I'd be doing. <laughs> At fifty-one years old, we asked
0: you—you you know, 15, 20 years ago—what are you doing at
1: fifty-one? You would have not say not the, the, <laughs> no, no, the Not arguing with a four-year-old, not doing that. Definitely well, didn't think i would be doing that.
0: Well, the the worst part of arguing—I have a five-year-old, you have
1: a four, I also have an eight-year-old at, at home. You're never right; they're no. always right, and they always got something to say. Yeah, but why? But why? Then, do you know what the bad part about that is? When you get hit with so many "but why"s, and you're trying to answer, you run out of answers. <laughs> I got nothing left. And then you be like, "Just do what I tell you to do." Just make something <laughs> up at that but point. Just, but yeah, but why? <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I never because, thought at fifty one well, I'd be doing that. That's be, that's where the because I said so came from. Like everyone's yeah. parents.
0: Well, you know what? I'm out. Of, I don't know. I'm I'm out. I'm, I'm you. You got me. You win. Yeah.
1: But you know what? The best part about those conversations are is when it becomes incoherent on their end, <laughs> and you just be like, all right, whatever. 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 Sometimes I just think back and laugh. Like, did we really? Did I really just have an argument with a five year old about that? No, I, I listen. I did that last week. I did that last week. We went to the Jurassic Park thing. I'm arguing with him in line. You know, because I asked him, I said, Yo, Harper, do you have to go to the bathroom? No. Okay, cool. Let's stand in line. 10 minutes in line, line moving well. 10 minutes in, he's doing the potty dance. I'm like, Dog, what are you doing? <laughs> I got to go to the bathroom. Oh, man, come on. We hey, just did this. We just did. I just did. Didn't asked have you. to go, though, like 10 he minutes had to go. ago. He, well, dude, <laughs> come on, man. It changed. But I, got, I lucked up because the lady, shout out to the lady that allowed me to get back in my spot. She, I took him to the bathroom, and she let me get right back in my She, she got it. She, 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 you know, the look on my face, I'm like,
0: dude, you're killing me. Well, we you're do we, we do it with the car. I'm always like, oh, before we get in the car, you got to yeah. go? Five minutes of the drive, got to go. Got to go to the bathroom. Well, we, just,
1: we were at we home. Just, we were just at the house, asked you a few minutes ago, can we go to the bathroom? Yeah, that's my life now, 51 years <laughs> old, dealing with that. On a regular, it, it it is it's it's the best, and also drives you
0: crazy at the same time. You good and yeah, crazy, it is amazing. Two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four. It's how you hop aboard here on this Friday afternoon. We'll come back with we'll all your phone calls here on the Sixers. Your full belief in them. Are, are you back? Are you are you backing the Sixers fully after a big win last night over the Grizzlies? Uh, something feels different to me about this basketball team. They, they showed a toughness last night, maturity from Joel Embiid. Not his best game, really, one of his worst games offensively, but he still played great defense, and they figured it out in the end. I feel differently here. And on Rex Ryan, I believe the Eagles should give this guy a call and and interview him for the defensive corner position. None of these candidates are standing out. They didn't get Vance Joseph, Jim Leonard, I guess, needs some hip surgery, so he's out. None of these names are great. Let's call Rex Ryan. Are you in? 215-592-9494. And when we get back, we got to talk about a major what if from last offseason with the Eagles. I mean, really, they got lucky because if something went the other way, the way they I guess they were planning to – well, I don't think one of the best players in the team would be here, and it would certainly change everything about the president of the future. We'll hit that. 215-592-9494. Hugh Douglas, Joe Giglio. It's Sports Radio 94 WIP. And, look, we're past the midway point of the NBA season. It's here, and now it's the perfect time to download FanDuel in partnership with Valley Forge Casino, America's number one sportsbook. New customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 just download the download the FanDuel Sportsbook app, it's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Safe, secure, super easy to use. You can bet on everything from the money line to point scorers and threes drained Tomorrow night, I'm in. I'll be watching this game, and I will take the over for Jason Tatum points and give me the over bounce-back offensive game for Joel Embiid. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. FanDuel Sportsbook is the official partner of 94 WIPay. Welcome back. Sports Radio 94 WIP. Hugh Douglas, Show. Julia. It is the Midday Show. two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four. 9494 Nick Earnshaw behind the glass. He's with us on this uh, this Friday afternoon. We'll lead it into Mark Sarisa too. Before we get back to the phones here on, on everything we we're talking about today, between Rex Ryan and the Sixers, um, how about this story, uh, Hugh? Because there's so much what-ifs that happen, right? Like, you know, there's so many balls in the air for these for Howie, right, in the offseason. You mm-hmm. try to get one guy, you don't get another guy. Someone you want gets drafted ahead of your, your, your guy. And it changes everything. It's like a butterfly effect. So there was a story yesterday about the Rams over at The Athletic, about how bad last year went. You know, Sean McVay, he thought he might leave and, and retire, go to TV and all that. And one of the pieces of the story was that last offseason, Alan Robinson was on the verge, that was the quote, on the verge of signing with the Eagles. But Sean McVay called him – and swayed him to go to the ramps. I mean, you that changes everything because if the Eagles get Robinson and he was pretty costly. it wasn't like that was like a couple million bucks. There, I don't think there's any way they trade a first round pick for a j Brown. Like he's the receiver they sign, which I mean, they're not as good. I mean, Robinson is I, I don't know what happened. Maybe he's just cooked, but the last couple of years he hasn't been <laughs> he's good. So cool. But, boy, could you imagine if it wasn't A.J.
1: Brown and it was Robinson? Yeah, you're talking about, if I'm looking at these stats correctly, what, 33 catches last year, 339 yards? Oh, my <laughs> gosh. Yeah, man. That ain't what you want. Like, things work out the way they're supposed to. And I understand what Allen probably was thinking. He's thinking, "May hey, they just came back from the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. They're probably going to go back again. You know, but that's the chance that you always take when you're when you're making that gamble when you pick whatever team you're going to pick. You know, you go you go to the team that you feel has the best chance of getting there. You know, I'm pretty sure a lot of people when they were when they were looking at the the, uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the year that Tom Brady was there, that was a huge destination for folks because they felt that you know you get a chance to go with the goat play yeah. with the goat get a chance to go to the Super Bowl, but you you just never know you never know how those things are going to play out.
0: Meanwhile, AJ 88 catches, almost 1500 <laughs> yards, 17 per catch last year, 11 touchdowns. I mean, boy, that would have changed everything, and and and. Also, who knows, with, because the Eagles would have had an extra first-round pick because they traded it for A.J., what they would have used it for and, and where it would be at. But my guess is they would not They would not have been the Super Bowl without A.J. and with Allen Robinson. Yeah, Tom. He's Tom's in Abington. What's up, Tom?
6: Tom. Yo, fellas. How we doing today? How you doing today, man? I am fantastic. Uh, so I got uh, Sixers, Rex Ryan, and Jalen Hurts for you
1: today. What you got?
6: So – with the Sixers, while I appreciate that they showed me a level of testicular fortitude that they had yet to That's show word me. That's a I ain't
0: heard in a long time. Yeah, there the, you it, go. It, there you go. Go ahead, Tom.
6: I still need to see them get out of a second round before I believe in them.
0: Yeah, Tom, I get it. But you know what? That thinking is fair. I mean, it absolutely is fair. And, and I think the, most of the city feels the same way as you. But if we wait that long to get excited, like, we're only going to have maybe sp- – Seven more games left in the season, right? It's going to be the Easter Conference Finals, right? Before we get excited about this team,
6: and that's fair. But I'm just—I'm still snake bit over the three chips we just lost. So I think that has a lot to do with it.
1: Well, it has. A, it does. Yeah, well, someone that, brought that, that earlier. Hurts. That hurts. That—that that yeah. is something that definitely hurts. But that's the beautiful thing about being a Philadelphia man and being a being a fan of all these teams. Mm-hmm. We get back on the mm-hmm. horse. We get back yeah. on the horse. We're going to ride. And I will. I will as soon as they get out of the second round.
0: <laughs> Tom, what are you so, thinking on Rex?
6: I, I want no parts of the man for two reasons. So, first off, he's got this weirdo foot fetish thing going on. Well, so. wait a second. Hear, what does that have hear, to do hear, with coaching? Everybody
1: has a fetish now. Yeah, They're, I mean, who would, but like, what does that have yeah, to do with coaching you, the defense? But he... <laughs> it's Come not it's not it's not my fetish uh-huh but uh-huh. i mean you know everybody has something it's just his, uh-huh. like. he
0: was dumb enough to put his on video
6: where <laughs> yeah, everyone found was, it right and the second reason's even dumber than the first i don't trust anybody whose teeth are too white and that man's got the whitest teeth i've ever seen in my you know life what?
1: i'm not mad at his his veneers though he's got, he's got <laughs> nice teeth you know it's funny i read somewhere where they say like People look at veneers like lace fronts. They're all the same. They're <laughs> both fake. <laughs> They're both <funny>. <laughs> <laughs> I love that.
6: So, all right, let me ask you a quick question. So, wait, Gain so before, wait, uh, before
0: your question. So, you're not really out on Rex. You, you just
6: don't like his yeah. veneers. You don't want the no, teeth. I, and- <laughs> actually, I am out on them.
0: But not for any football reason, right? It's just about teeth and feet.
6: Well, I I don't know. I think the guy might be past his okay. Prime. All right, all right, all right. You know I was mean? I was waiting for a real yeah.
0: reason. All right, go ahead. Tom.
6: Yeah, yeah. And he's been out. He's been out of the game for a while. So, Jalen's contract coming up. Let me ask you something, guys. Uh, when a bonus is handed out for somebody hitting a benchmark through the season,
1: does that count against your cap? I don't believe so. See, I'm trying to remember. I think it does. I think, but it's it's an incentive. So it's not. No, it's not. It doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't count against because the cap. Because it's an incentive. That's why they give you incentive. Lay- like you have some guys that have incentive-laden contracts where mm-hmm. it doesn't count against the cap. So you're right. It doesn't count against the cap. Okay, so then there has to be limits on these on these bonuses, right?
6: Like as far as like capping off the amount of money you can hand out or well, having get, a, if a give, minimum.
1: If you give him a bonus, like if if I understand this correctly, the bigger the bonus – the further out you can spread mm-hmm, the money, mm-hmm. you know what I mean. So that's why you're hearing like ninety million, a hundred million dollar signing bonuses and things of that nature, because you get to, you get to prorate that that salary over the life of the contract. Okay, but the reason
6: why I'm asking this then is, and I don't even know if this is possible, but why hasn't somebody come out with a contract that is all bonuses based on ridiculous numbers? Like, uh, Jalen, you get $5 million if you throw two touchdowns. So
0: I just so fa- I just found that, something in the CBA here, Tom. Yeah, so money up front. You yeah, so, Tom, I, they, I, don't, I don't know how they decide which counts for which side, but they, they break it down into likely to be had bonuses and then unlikely to be had. So like what you just Ah. said, obviously is likely so that you can't do that. Unlikely. Let's say like, let's just pretend Gardner Minshew had Super Bowl MVP, a million bucks, right? That wouldn't count because it's, it's obviously unlikely to happen.
6: Well, that's kind of weird, though, because that kind of leads it up to interpretation, doesn't it? What's it, likely and what's unlikely?
0: Yeah, I do It's a great question, Tom. I don't know. I mean, that, but I, I like your idea. Like, you know, and I'm sure how he's thinking about this, right? Like, how can we sneak some extra stuff in there to make the contract look better, but it helps the
6: team? Well, I was able to get Girardi fired when I had my powwow with Middleton, oh, so like maybe yeah. I'll work my way <laughs> over to the Nova.
0: Tom, you, you're like our special like inside guy. You're like, you, get, you get things done around here. Tom, we appreciate the phone call. And have a good weekend. Yeah, so um, the Midday Show, and it'd be fun if we did this coming up here, but the Midday Show would do nights at the Phillies. Right? Tom went with John last year, and uh, John Middleton, the owner of the team, was like just walking around the park talking to fans. And Tom apparently... This was like the early last year. Told him he should fire Girardi, and then eventually. And that's what that did, so that he was the catalyst. He gets he takes credit okay. for it. I, I, I'm not mad at him. I'm not mad at him for that. Listen, you got, you got to do what you got to do to help the team. Yeah,
1: and and look where it put him. Look where it put
0: him. So basically, Tom's put him in the World Series. You yeah, could say basically. I mean, that's a good fan.
1: Let's talk. John's to... not afraid to spend money, though.
0: No, no, John is not afraid to spend money. I mean, he's he, three hundred million dollars on a shortstop. Yeah, he he, he breaking bread. Yes, right.
7: Black gritty's up. What's up, Black Gritty? Black gritty? Joey Bear, Hugh, what did it do? What's going on, man? Uh, man, so I remember I've only been hung up on this station three times. I just talked to Spike about it the other day. Uh, Joe, you hung up on me when I called when they were on their, like, 15-game winning streak going to playoffs, and I called and grumping it. Y'all were so mad. You're like, how are you complaining when they just ripped off 16 wins? And I'm like, because they didn't play nobody. They went to the playoffs and got bounced out like they always do. So I'll never forget being hung up on by you two about well, that.
0: Well, I don't remember that. I mean, I, I will I take you, your, you. I will you take your to... word for it. If I yeah, did it,
7: it I'm sorry.
5: Break.
7: No, no, it's fine. I, I was grumping. Y'all were happy. The team was doing well. So I've learned and I've grown in in my essence. I got I'm a season ticket holder. So I'm not gonna complain. Knowing the train is coming down the track, I'm just gonna watch these games and enjoy these games. I'm not even gonna complain when we lose. All I want. It's for Joel Embiid, the last three weeks of the season, be put in the bubble wrap. I can't have a foot ache, an eye ache, a nose break, nothing. nothing. No, he can't eat no Chinese food. Like he, This man, every season we go into the playoffs, something happens. The most dominant player in the league, not that he's valued that way, but he is that, gets hurt or sick or injured. I need him to go into the playoffs 100% healthy and then – then we might have a chance to get out of the second round with Glenn Rivers at the helm. Then, maybe. But right now, I'm just, you know, I've grown, Joe. I'm not going to complain and groan. I'm going to take this win because I hate the Grizzlies. I hate John Moran. He a fake thug. His dad out there looking like a, a wish usher from Walmart. They out here <laughs> thinking they in thugging in the NBA. They're a bunch of prep school punks. Now they got some money. And they want to put some shades on and act like they bullies. Oh, Brooks, you look like a little punk last night when you took that L. Oh, it felt so good in my heart. So it was a great win, good
0: win. Love what do you think here on Rex, Black Gritty? Rex, let me tell
7: you something. I don't have the bandwidth for the storytime Teletubby stuff with <laughs> <laughs> dealing with Sirianni and Rex. But I do think Rex as a coordinator was a quiet coordinator. And I also think he's the better son of the two. He is a brilliant mind. And when he was a coordinator, when he was with the Ravens, you didn't hear about him. He only took that big stage when he was the head front man. I believe if he was a coordinator, he'd take a back seat. But I want somebody like Lovey Smith. I just want an old school dude that's quiet. I mean, I I can't have no young kid no more because every time we get a young kid, they get poached. So I'm just trying to get somebody older in here to run this defense and that's and, and happy. That's happy around. with the job yeah. that he has. Well, yeah, that, that get back the in the day. game.
0: I like you know that and Wade Phillips became that right. With like, you know, think about it. like he had he was a yeah. coach and then eventually he was like, all right, cool, I'll just be a coordinator and he just hung out.
7: And, and he had great runs. You know, he went to two different teams yeah. at that stage. So I, that's why I, I need. Mean, Lovey Smith. I, I'll even take back. I know we're just talking crazy right now. But we need something because we can't move forward until we get a D.C. That's the biggest thing because everybody's left on leaving on defense. Who are you going to keep? Who's going to go? Who are you signing? Who you drafting? We need a D.C. We need one now. They better get to it. Uh, love the show. Talk to you guys later. I didn't do! What's,
0: What's going on, You got it, buddy. We appreciate it. Well, the last point he made there, Hugh, is like this, the Combine's next week, right? They're going to start looking at players to try to figure out if they fit their system. They don't
1: have a coordinator on either side. And how are you going to make that happen without a coordinator?
0: <laughs> I mean, it's almost March. I know it feels weird because the Super Bowl just happened, like we're just we just finished the Eagles season. Mm-hmm. It is almost March. Like we are almost a free agency and the and the draft season is coming. Starting with the combine next week, they don't have coordinators.
1: Yeah, and it doesn't make you feel good knowing that you're probably going to to lose some guys. You're going to have to probably draft some defensive players in the first round. And we don't even know who our defensive coordinator is. Yeah, so like
0: you have to get that guy but you in. You got
1: to think, you got to think though, Joe, that that they're working, they're burning the midnight oil trying to figure that out.
0: I, you know what, I I'm sure they are. It wouldn't shock me if we come in here Monday morning and we have a coordinator. Maybe both, maybe just one, maybe maybe just offense or defense. But yeah, I mean, because I, I believe Howie and Sirianni go to the combine, you know, early next week. They got to get this done. You think
1: they go to the combine and poach somebody. <laughs> Who steal someone there. Yeah. poach. What, do you got a job? What are you doing? Yeah, hey, you want to be our defensive coordinator?
0: Maybe. It's like a big job fair.
8: Commando Dave is up. What's up, Commando Dave? Commando. Hey, what's up, Joe? It's great to talk to you again, man, especially since you sound like you're on a 76ers Mesodone drip to get your Super Bowl <laughs> 57 addiction. Maybe, you know what, maybe off- maybe
0: you've solved it. Maybe I just I, I, I need to go from one thing I felt good about that and I'm going to make myself feel good about something else. Maybe that's
8: it. That's how you do it, man. I turned the game off last night, though, when Kevin Harlan gave a shout-out to the late, great Sonics announcer, Bob Blackburn, reminding me this is the 15th season without a team playing under the Space Needle. And, of course, it's great to talk to the double Hall of Famer, Hugh Douglas. Man, I loved you with the Falcons. I mean <laughs> Eagles. I deserved that.
1: I deserve <laughs> that. I deserve that.
8: Just, just kidding, both of y'all. Appreciate Nick getting me on WIP in Philadelphia to talk to you guys from The Emerald City, where birds of a feather stick together. So, as a Seahawks fan, I was pulling for the Eagles in the Cardinals Stadium, where Russell Wilson let Super Bowl 49 fly out the open roof. (laughs) And as I mentioned last time we spoke, Joe, there's a large convocation of Eagles fans here in Seattle that flock to a famous bar and take it over every week of the NFL season. Let me tell you, Hugh, Super Bowl 57 at Buckley's in Belltown was off the hook. It was a fly-Eagles-fly madhouse that unfortunately turned into the 2nd Avenue Morgue. Mm. And from my bird's-eye view from 3,000 miles away, you guys listening to Eagles fans, on WIP the past couple of weeks, it sounds like all the cheesesteak sandwich shops in Philly have been replaced with big blame pizza stands and everyone's handing out free spices. And thank goodness the defensive coordinator skipped town because these airways, sounded like a store of eagles flying around Philly looking for Jonathan Gannon like a Hitchcock movie. But the funny thing about it, I haven't heard too much talk about the departing offensive coordinator because in my estimation, you guys, Shane Stackham, he let two crucial third downs get away. That contributed to the loss big in a a big way, I think. The first one right before the half and the second one right before that punt return. The Eagles had the ball with 15 seconds at the Kansas City 19. You've got to take a shot to the end zone. And tried doubling the Chiefs up 28 14, but the play was a two yard crossing route, and the Eagles settled for the field goal. Say what you want about the 65 yard punt return, but that play should have, would have, could have never happened. I keep hearing that the Eagles should have gone for it on fourth down, but I was tripping. They didn't go for it on third down. Jalen Hurts running the ball was working all day, but the Eagles ran a pass play that got blown up right after the play action, and Willie Gay chased Jalen Hurts out of bounds. Joe, the Chiefs had just gone up 28-27. Yep. The Eagles had to convert. Maybe they go down and take the lead, maybe they don't. Yeah, they, the thing-
0: I'm with you, Dave, They couldn't give the ball back there, whether it's to get the first down, not punt, like they, they couldn't give it back, and, and Dave, they right. did. It, it, and it's, it, you was brought up all week. That offensive coordinator position is, is you're right. We've talked more about very, defense, very but important.
1: it's very important. Very, very important, man. You've got to figure yeah. out who that's going to be.
8: Yeah, you know, and the thing is, the irony of that game, you guys, it wasn't so much the big plays, but the ones that caused them. Same with the holding penalty at the end. A one-legged man who for two weeks prior to the Super Bowl had more question marks swirling around him than the Riddler, who was writhing in pain right before halftime. Look, when you put your head on another man's shoulder on worldwide TV, you are in serious pain yet. That one legged man flipped by the Eagles defense. Well, for tw- Dave, for 26,
0: 26 yards. Yeah. I mean, that, yeah. and Dave, we appreciate you, man. We appreciate the phone call. So, and on the show this week, um, what did someone call a, Mahomes yesterday? A circus act? Sir, yeah. And today he's the one legged man. <laughs> we lost to that guy.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. He, he's a Super Bowl champion. He just went to Disney World. With his wife and his his, his little his baby kids. girl. Yeah, I think that he's he got two been. now, maybe two. He got two. I know he got a little
0: girl. Yeah, maybe maybe wife, you're right. Man. Maybe it's one. I thought he, I saw two, but yes, yeah. Uh, what? I, she
1: probably she probably pregnant
0: now. I mean, listen. Yeah, you know,
1: I mean, that's what usually happens when you win championships. <laughs> you make kids.
0: <laughs> and he's got all the time in the world now. Off season. Yeah, he's got a whole off season. He does. Let's talk to Josh Bedson. What's up, Josh?
1: Hey, how you guys doing? Today? What's going on, man? Hey, Josh.
0: Good. Uh, I just
9: really wanted to uh, touch on the whole Sixers conversation. Hmm. Um. Yeah, so I feel like the way I view the Sixers, I feel like I'm more confident than most fans are. Um, you know, especially after a game like last night, I feel that it's pretty bizarre that most people are so negative on the Sixers. Um, you take a look at it from a statistical standpoint, like the team is top 10 in nearly every single stat, and they're third in the Eastern Conference as of right now. They're three games back of first place. Um, I believe they're fourth in in the uh, total record in the NBA, and you know, you take a look at all that, and I just don't really understand why so many people are so negative about this team. Yeah, when,
0: Josh, I think it has very little to do with this year's. Like everything you're saying is true, right? Their, their numbers are good, the stats are good, the rankings are good. It's nothing to do with this particular team. People just are down on them because of the past years, and they and I just don't think anyone wants to like open their eyes. They don't
1: want to mostly inv- be emotionally yeah. invested. In this team, right? Yeah,
0: and I understand that,
9: but still, you have to take it, you know, you can't look at the past anymore. You have to look at what we have now. And the way I see it, this is the best Sixers roster and the best chance that we have to win a championship since probably, I don't know, maybe 2019. So,
0: Josh, um, I'm with you. It's, It's the best I've felt since the Kawhi shot went in. Like, it's the first time since then I feel like they've got a shot to do this and I, and I haven't felt it in a while. Josh we preached the phone call. It is that. People don't want to get hurt anymore. Yeah, you you
1: you've been emotionally invested for what the last 6 7 months. Yeah. With with with, with football between that and baseball and mm-hmm. everything. So you don't want to you don't want to you're afraid to love again. I mean that's the best analogy I can come up with right now. You're afraid to love. You don't want you don't want to be invested in something that you feel is going to give you heartache like it has in the past. Yeah,
0: I mean, it's really been all in, like from the be- late September, early October, all the way through two weeks ago. I mean, yeah. that's it would just like teams that could win a title. And obviously. They've they fallen short. Just short. Keith is up on WIP. What's up, Keith?
10: Hey, good morning, guys. mean, good afternoon, guys. How are you doing? What's going on? Hey, Keith. Not much. Just uh, wanted to touch on a couple things. Um, Seth Joyner, I would be fine with him being defensive coordinator. I just think you need to surround him with uh, the right team to get him – in a structured in the right right way.
0: You mean mm-hmm. players or like other coaches that could you know help him along because he does not have experience. I think other coaches. Yeah. I think
10: they got they have good enough players. They have a serious defense. They have a you know they have people that have good, taken them to a Super Bowl. So I just think the right other coaches. Yeah, no you know, I made experience. I made the
0: point a few minutes ago, guys, that you know maybe it's kind of silly he hasn't had enough experience, but I, you know what I forgot about. Jeff Saturday was a head coach
1: this past year. Yeah, so maybe Seth can do it. <laughs> no, he can. I I, I believe in Seth. So I just I just feel like you know with with Seth, not saying he can't do it. Like emotionally, he's he's, he's too emotionally invested into this this place. Yeah, you know because you want to you want to win. Maybe you're, you're right. Yeah, it.
10: yeah, I agree. I agree. I mean, I just it's just a thought, but I would say the other thing. My my point is, and the way I look at it is, you know, I've been watching football a lot. I did my season ticket run while uh, the whole read. I was there with you all the time. Um, but I, I think that you're looking at the quarterback. I, I believe the quarterback's a top-12 quarterback. I'm not sure he can beat a top-five quarterback to win a Super Bowl. And I think if he progresses the way he did like he did last year, then maybe that will be so. But I think that development is going to be really important. And, you know, to get, they might get back to one – but he's going to have to outduel that quarterback. You can in the modern day NFL. You cannot expect the defense to win a championship. It's just not happened recently. I agree with and you on the last
0: he, Keith. The last part, you're right, right? These games become shootouts, and you need and like we saw five years ago, you need to score um, to win a title. And Keith, we appreciate it. But you, I would say, Jalen is better than just a top twelve quarterback.
1: Yeah, yeah. Because I you, I sent out a list this morning. We were talking about the quarterbacks. It was a way too early list of the top top quarterbacks yeah. in the NFL. He was number two. He's yeah, number two on that list.
0: So, and I think, fairly or not, Mahomes is one, right? Mahomes is yeah, one. Yeah, no, no question about I that. I think, depending on your preference, you could move two, three, four around. Yeah, it's, Hertz, it's, yeah. Burrow, Allen. I think Herbert's got to win a playoff game first, but but he's obviously very talented. So on this this list you you sent me, I think it was Matt Castle's rankings, right? Then after that, it's Lamar who's got his own issues this in Baltimore, is right yeah. and he is stay healthy. Then it's Trevor Lawrence, Rogers, who's who's somewhere in a cave somewhere. Did he emerge from his cave yet?
1: Is Rogers out of the cave? I believe he did. He I had a flat. Did. Like, you know, I read where he had a light switch. <laughs> oh boy, in his dark room, no. where he could turn the lights on and off if he wanted to. That sounds like cheating to me, just a little bit. There should be no lights. Th- that's you are doing he, the dark room. Th- that's the way he presented it to the masses. So say, oh, I'm in a dark room and I'm doing a cleanse.
0: So isn't that the same as like me going home, turn the lights out, and going under the covers? Like, yeah. wh-
1: what makes this different? Well, because it's supposed to be like completely dark. It's like a, a light deprivation or something. Is he in a like cave? That. Well, he's supposed to be in some room where you know he can get it, be be there with his thoughts and you know. My biggest question was this: Okay, how do you know where the bathroom is? The toilet, toilet paper, you need light, and, and <laughs> what what are you eating? That you can't see. I'm not eating nothing that I can't see. No. Especially going in a place where the bad – I don't know where a bad – Yeah, from, that seems all. like you, know. you, you might make a big mistake there. set up there. yourself for, for a failure. So on this list, it had Lawrence 7,
0: Rogers 8, Dak 9, Geno 10, Cousins 11, Goff 12. Like, you can rank Hurts wherever you want. He's better than, than – I mean, he's it, better than Dak. He's better
1: than Geno. He's better than Cousins and Goff. Yeah, but when I said that list, I was just looking at – Look at, like – when you look at that ranking of quarterbacks, how bad is that list? Like, think about that. That's that's what I was looking at. How bad? Is that list? Five. Then, no, not no, these guys are talented, but I have real questions. Yeah, it's like all downhill. And then, when Geno Smith was like number what nine.
0: They have Fields at thirteen. Like Fields, he's talented, but he hasn't played well yet. <laughs> no, he hasn't. I
1: mean, if he's the thirteenth best quarterback, man. That that's one of those lists where hey, man, I got to put him somewhere. <laughs> You're right. He's like, hey, it's 32 teams. I got to put him somewhere. What a fall from grace. Russell, yeah.
0: Russell Wilson, by the way, was 23 on this list. He would have been top 10 on all lists last year. Got to put him somewhere. Woo. Um, all right, before we uh, hand it over, got Mark Reese coming up next. He'll be live at Chickies. Tomorrow, don't forget, tomorrow at 1 p.m., baseball is back here on WIP. It's the Yankees tomorrow. Phillies, Yankees, tomorrow afternoon at 1 p.m., Scott Fransky. And Larry Anderson on the call. So uh, we're excited. And, you we got this email here with all the dates of all the games, including, in the, the bottom of the email, uh, March 23rd, March 24th. We're going to be down there.
1: Yeah, it's going to be so fun, man. It's going to be fun. Where are, we, where are we set up at?
0: Do we know yet? We don't know. I, I think we're going to be I mean, we're somewhere in the stadium, right? Yes. We'll be doing the, the, the broadcast there. Uh, and we do it one of, those two day game, one of those two days. There's a game going on, right, as we were doing our show. So we'll give you the details. And, and you obviously, you can come on by if you're going to be down in Clearwater those days. But we're excited to go down there. NL, Champ Camp. Hugh, before we go to the weekend, our first week as a show in the books. Yes, we're done. We got next week. I think it was pretty good, though. I had a a blast. I hope everyone is enjoying listening. We appreciate you guys. Everyone have a great weekend. Thank you to Nick for filling in today for Kyle. We're back on Monday. You have yourself a great weekend. You as well. All right, everybody, enjoy the weekend. We'll talk to you guys on Monday. Mark Cerise next on Sports Radio 94 WIP.